Okay, well, in the spirit of Halloween, um, the question for us today is, does written horror evoke the same fears as actually seeing something on a TV show or on a movie? Um, so, like, I don't know about you guys, but the most horror I read is, like, strictly, like, Stephen King. Oh. I think that's the most common one for a lot of people, though, because, like, when you think of it, it's, yeah. like, that's who you think of, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. What kind of horror do you guys like, just in general, what do you guys like? Like, I can do Coraline horror, and like, but I just can't do the gore stuff, or the like supernatural stuff, because I'm, I'm too imaginative, so I keep imagining, like I hear things moving in my house, and I'm like, no, I just have to stop, so I can't do it. Alright, so no saw, no like... No, no, one of my roommates keeps mentioning for like tomorrow or today having a Ouija board in our house and I just can't do it. Like, no, see, just, I don't mess with that scary. shit. Like, that's messed up. Exactly. Like, why would you test fate like that? That's just awful. But, no, I wouldn't play that. Yeah. <laughs> but me personally, like, I love horror because I love the, I love the feeling of being scared. I love that emotion of, like, whether yeah. it be from, like, a, because I feel like there's different portions of horror, right? Because there's, like, kind of, like, the paranormal horror kind of stuff that I think is really popular nowadays. And then there's kind of, like, the more psychological, a little bit more, like, gory. I like either, I'm on both sides of the spectrum. I love horror, though. I love the feeling it evokes. I love, like, the, the way that it impacts you. It's fantastic. I guess, like, the question then, like, do you think that books do the same as justice as, like, movie and TV shows then? Absolutely. I think in some cases. So just for like, just as an example, cause like I was thinking about this. So one of my favorite horror books and it's a beast to get through. So I understand if a lot of people haven't read it, is it, Stephen King's It. Um, and it's like that a long novel, but anybody who's seen like the newer Andy Muschietti's like It movie, which is like really prominent nowadays, it does a good job of getting through the horror aspect of what it is because like if anybody's seen the one from like the 90s with like i can't remember who it is that one's not scary it was even like not even close it's just so goofy in comparison some of the looks he gives like it, it was a nice well, performance of him but yeah it's not it's kind of goofy for sure well the other problem is too is like it's mostly just like him as pennywise and like pennywise is obviously the most like kind of essential figure what it is but like it is supposed to feed on your biggest fear so like say Natanya your biggest fear is like a python eating you like he'll pop out he'll pop out and like try to like swallow you like so so in the movie though like the newer movies they really do a good job of kind of putting through that atmosphere of like oh like this is what it feels like like this is what it's going to be and there's some newer elements in there like if anybody's seen it I always think of like the picture lady was like a really cool addition that's not really in the book Mm -hmm. if anybody hasn't seen it it's this really cool idea where one of the kids he's terrified of this like picture in the house like a piece of artwork because some artworks are like super creepy and it like comes out of its frame and like like scares him and later on it like terrifies the kid again I can't do that. That's too much. No. Like, even when you said, like, the old It movie was, like, pretty jokes. I don't know, guys. That one kind of scares me, like, all the time. So, I don't know. It's that, again, like, I feel like, because you're so immersed with horror, like, all, and, like, it's such a solo experience. Like, you're just reading horror, and then, or you're watching it, as opposed to, like, like, I don't know, having friends be there with you. So, it just, like, I don't trust my mind. It just doesn't work well. I mean, so that's, like, the thing that separates books from movies, right? Like, nothing can scare you as much as your own mind. And when you're reading a book, it's really up to you to kind of scare yourself. And, like, a movie just can't do that in the way a book can, right? True, true. So do you guys have, like, any, like, favorite horror books that, like, you recommend to read or just scare the bejeebies out of you? Um... So there's, like, this book, I don't know if, like, it's technically, like, horror. I'm going to put it in horror because it really scared me and it, like, really sounds me and freaked me out. There's a book called The Wasp Factory. So it's not super, like, popular or anything. It was based off of, I had to read it in one of my classes. And this stuck with me. And it, like, stayed with me and, like, cemented in my soul. So it's this kid who, his name's Frank. Um, I can't remember if. He lives on, like, an island off the coast of, like, Scotland or Ireland or, like, that kind of thing. Um, he lives with his dad and, like, he, he, I don't think his mom's alive from what I remember. 
um but like his dad's kind of really abusive and like his older brother's coming back to the island after like being put into like a psychological institution but like the name of the book the the wasp factory because like it's a whole bunch of like messed up people basically um but the wasp factory is the name of this like machine that frank made so it's like a clock and then like in place in like a so it's like a clock inside like a box and each like number of like a clock so like if it goes like one through 12 has like a different death so like we could burn it could crush it or could drown it like whatever so he puts different wasps in it and then sees where they're gonna go in like the like so say it goes to 11 and it drowns like that's symbolic of something <laughs> it's really hard to explain without like fully spoiling what it is because there's a lot of twists and turns in it but like it, it scared me sounds, it kind of sounds and i could be completely wrong here but like the canoclopia in like hunger games in the second book you know like each clock time had like different reaction it kind of sounds like that what it kind of is kind of book. yeah maybe how about you what's your favorite book of horror i think probably my favorite horror stuff is not like a particular book. My favorite author is, I don't know if you guys have heard of H.P. Lovecraft. So yeah. yeah, he's the guy that writes like all the Cthulhu type stuff and he has like, just a bunch of short stories. And that I feel like just really illustrates what books have that movies don't. Like all of his like creatures or whatever, like his main thing is that like, they're so like incomprehensible and so like just beyond humans that even just looking at it will drive you insane. And like, there's no way to put that in like a visual medium right like you can barely even imagine it so i feel like that that's something that an experience you can only get in books so that's probably my favorite type of horror yeah fair. i don't know i started like speaking of that um if anybody's ever because hp like hp lovecraft uh like great there's a really really good short story if anybody's like not super like in the tangent like if you don't really want to fully divulge into it and it's called color out of space and it's like it's the perfect representation of how horror does like does things right in books because the whole point is it's this color that starts like infecting the people of this town but like you can't even like see the color like you can't describe it like it's all just like a vis like a kind of visual medium inside your head and that makes it all the more scary you know the worst thing is they made a like of all the lovecraft stories that's the one they made a movie on <laughs> and the color is just like magenta like that's what they went with it's just this red. really yeah uh, I haven't seen it like I was actually going that's to... not how I saw it I saw it as being this like yeah I, I see it as being like monochromatic yeah like that's much more sense for like something that's supposed to be scary or like ominous versus like magenta which is kind of happy and like western so like I don't but even something like that it. like that is such a personal experience because the way that I see the color is going to be totally different from how you see it Mm -hmm. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. It's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I love the way that... Do you guys, like, when you read stuff, like, sometimes, like, an author will describe something one way, but I'll just be like, no, I don't like that. I'm gonna imagine it a completely different way, like, how I want it. Like, I don't know if that's, if everybody has that, or if it's just me being... No, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah. If, if I, cause I think, like, that just adds more to the book, and it makes it more experience more rich, because, again, like, you're experiencing it yourself in your head, right? So... What's your favorite horror, Nathaniel? Uh, my <laughs> favorite horror. <laughs> my favorite horror is Coraline by Neil Gaiman because, like, again, that is how far my extent of horror goes. Um, I don't like to be scared because I get very imaginative, um, and then I will, I'll just like put things in a freezer or I'll walk away or like not deal with it. So, yeah, it's a good read if anyone hasn't read it, and it's it's like similar enough to the movie, but. It's, it's just in book form and it's short. It's not that long. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like horror is really, my dog just came in. I feel like horror is really prominent, just more in like the psychological sense, because I feel like that's been super popular recently too, and like the thriller kind of subcategory of like books and stuff, and like kind of TV shows as well. Too, too. Um, yeah. It's like this was a movie a few years ago, and I watched the movie before I had read the book. And the book's a totally different experience. Like, that's where the movie really messed up. Like, what was, like, the key kind of elements of, like, the story was we need to talk about Kevin. Okay. I don't know if either of you, have you no. guys, like, seen it or heard of it? I've heard of it. I don't know anything about it, though. Okay. So, Kevin is this, like, so it's from the perspective of his mom. And I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking of the book one because the movie didn't really get the point across properly. Um, so it's this kid and his mom's telling the story of like him growing up. So when we meet him, he's in prison as an adult. We don't know why or like what happened or whatever, but she's going through the motions of realizing like growing up, like Kevin wasn't right. And like, 
he would always like hate her so much and like do like do a ton of stuff to just piss her off and like but he was always so sweet to the dad so it became this like conflict between the parents about like how evil their kid actually is and then it all just kind of builds from there I don't want to spoil it but like if anybody's kind of curious like it is it's very topical in terms of like what happens with Kevin um something that I think that kind of very much relates to modern times is something that we don't actually think about a lot which makes it all the more scarier but it's really freaky to just like imagine like knowing none of us are parents like imagine knowing like your kid is just like not right and looks like nobody believes you it's like you're the crazy person that sounds terrifying it traumatized me when I read it it like freaked me out it was like oh my god I've never thought about it like that (laughs) it's a really good book if you want to convince somebody maybe to not have kids Fair enough, fair enough. Overpopulation, so you know. But yeah, no, that kind of has been like Bates Motel and or no, Psycho. Sorry, I like you know like that after Chuck movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, like I feel like Stephen King's so prominent. But like, can you guys think of anything like else? It's like horror esque kind of that we don't really think about. What do you mean by horror esque? Like, kind of like not necessarily has to be horror. Like in Stephen King, like it can kind of be like maybe a branch off of it because like people do like sci fi esque horror. Like think of like the movie like Alien kind of. So like it kind of splits into two genres in a way. Um, just because like I feel like yeah, like Stephen King's so like the first thing everybody thinks of like Pet Cemetery, so freaky. It's so freaky, like all those kind of things. But I wonder if there's anything else. I'm trying to remember. There's like one other one that I've read that like really stuck with me, but I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> I don't know, like, how do you guys define horror? Like, does it, like, do you define it as gore or, like, alien-esque? Because there's just so many aspects of that. So many subgenres of horror. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the most, like, versatile genres. Like, you can have, like, exactly. horror, you can have, like, psychological horror, slasher yeah. stuff. There's so much stuff you can do. I think horror is anything, anything in any kind of medium that makes your heart kind of start to pick up a little bit, exactly. makes you, like, Makes your chest feel a little bit tight. You kind of feel uncomfortable and like looking around. I think anything that can fit into that kind of category is definitely horror because it sticks with you, right? And it like buries itself in you. And the thing is, literally anything can be made scary. Like, so there is this one Stephen King book. Like, I don't know, have you guys heard of the Dark Tower books by Stephen King? I've heard of them, but I've never read them. Like, they're not horror at all. Like, they're more like Western fantasy type. But in the third book, there's this character that's it's a, a train like the character is a living train and it sounds so goofy but the way he describes it and the way he sort of sets up the character i ended up being like scared of this goofy train with a face like you can literally like if you set it up properly you can make anything into horror which is again something you like i feel like that's so hard to translate visually like to make that scary and the only way to really do that is to let you imagine like the scariest version of that yeah, like, something that was really scary to me, I found the book, finally. So, it was this book that I read when I was 16, I think, and when I was in high school. Um, it's called Johnny Got His Gun. So, it's a soldier, he goes to war, um, he gets caught in, like, a blast. So, he wakes up, and he's not able to, like, speak or hear anything. He's, like, completely, like, his face is all, like, blown off his arms, legs, everything. And they don't know if he's alive or not, like, as a nurse, right, from an outside perspective. And the book's told from the perspective of this person who cannot, like, you can't communicate. You have no legs, no arms, no nothing. So he communicates through like Morse code by hitting his head on the pillow. And because it's from the perspective of somebody who like, I can't imagine like laying in a bed and like my brain is fully like awake and like knows what's going on, but like nobody around me knows what's going on. Like they don't know if I'm alive, if I'm dead, they don't even know who I am. <laughs> like that freaked me out. See, like that's the things I can't do about horror when it's just too like, close enough to real life or just even like imitating parts of real life. I just can't, I, I just, otherwise, you know, it's not fun. We're not there, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like, about, like What about like satirical horror though? Like, have you ever seen American Psycho or like read American Psycho? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can do that. Okay, that's like, but that's, I don't find that scary then. Like. I you just don't think find the prospect of him like looking like this normal guy, like just being like, no, because like, okay, I find, but like, so the thing with horror, I find, especially like in like TV, because I've watched more horror than I read, like, I find that there's a fine line between it being scary and it being just stupid. And when it crosses stupid, it's just funny to me. So, like, that, like that instance, I just can't. I don't know, that one was like, that one didn't get me, but like, things with ghosts and super, like, paranormal activities, I can't, no. 
that's just it's like haunting of hill house would like freaks you Basically. out more. yeah yeah no but i don't know yeah i don't i definitely think that like it's really for it's in terms of like horror books it's just it takes a lot of world like not like like how nabil was talking about how you can make anything scary it's really interesting how authors from horror books just take that type of world building and create a situation that essentially you're scared and it incites like a personal emotion in you. I think with any, any medium at all, like horror is more about like the mood than it is the actual scare. Like it's more about like getting you in there, freaking you out, making you like unsettled and then sort of hitting you with something. Like you can't just like throw weird scary stuff at people and expect them to actually be scared. Yeah. No, or, like world stupid. building and like the that's atmosphere. Good. Yeah. 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 See, because that's what adds up to it. It's like really, if you reflect on stuff, it's not that scary on like initial kind of reaction. It's more like because they've already done everything to like spook you out. So you've established that to get really scared to read a horror book, you need to like sit in the dark and read it with like a flashlight in the middle of the night. Do it at like two a.m. Basically, yeah, and then just plan not to sleep, but it'll be worth it. I know I was like looking at some like top ten horror books. And um, I know from like Barnes and Nobles, like created like a list of top ten horror books, and like on the first three were Frankenstein, House of Leaves, which I've never heard about, and then Dracula. I've heard of it, yeah. Have you? Do you know? Yeah, what I, it's one of those things where like whenever I've heard about it, it's always like you're better off just going in not knowing what it's about. Like just go okay. read it and just like do it because it's like one of those things where I think either a it's really hard to explain what it's about, or if you explain what it's about, you're just gonna spoil the whole thing. And Frankenstein, Frankenstein is not scary. Frankenstein is sad. I've written an essay on Frankenstein. It's sad. They had such boring lives that anything was scared out of them. They're like, oh my goodness, this insane man who's uh, children or whatever. It's like, this is insane. This is the scariest thing in the world. Like, they didn't have, like, ghosts. Well, I think the, the, even today, I think we can agree on, like, the idea of building a body out of, like, other body parts and then making it come to life, that's creepy. Like, that's gross. Like, Imagine if somebody took, like, someone's head, and I'm going to take this person's right arm, and this person's left leg, and I'm going to take this person's torso, and, like, stitch it all together, so it's, like, this, like, looking, like, freakish nightmare, and then you make it come to life. Like, the idea of that even today is gross. It is, but also I feel like people are just so desensitized to, like, violence and stuff at this point. Like, it's really, it's a lot harder to scare people, like, with that. I think that's why, like, psychological horror is a lot more common today it's a lot more popular now because like that's how you can scare people instead of just showing them freaky stuff because people just they've seen it all at this point but won't we desensitize people then to the psychological aspect of it because it'll be like oh i've read this a million times i already know what's gonna come i guess so but like that's that's you run into that with any genre ever like you have to keep changing it yeah. up eventually. and i feel like with psychological stuff because you don't see like you see someone who essentially looks like a human and acts like a human and it's just like it could essentially that factor that it could be anyone. Um, I feel like that is just more real than if like creating a monster and having that be there. And that's like, not how you feel about American Psycho that he's this regular popular dude who's just like cool guy, <laughs> just asses people at night. Like that freaked me out. I like I him. Know, I don't know that one. Like that specific instance, it just it crossed the line to stupid, and I just couldn't anymore. And I also watched it during the day, so like I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Or, like, okay, if you read it, reading it is a completely different experience. Just because fun okay. tidbit for anybody, um, American Psycho is a very, very, very controversial book in and of itself. So much so that if you go to Australia and try to buy the book, not only is it shrink wrapped, but you have to I, they ID you to buy the book even wow. to this day. So this shows you how gruesome the book is. The movie's pretty gruesome too. So like we'll kind of like reflect on the movie a little bit, even though this is a book club. Um, but like the movie freaked me out because he seems like this like fun dude who like I could hang out with on occasion. And like when he talks about music and does his like stupid dance moves, I find it like funny. And like I think I would like that person. And then he could just ask me in the back of the head. You know what's Being in computer science, I know so many dudes just like him. I know so many like people exactly like Patrick. So Western just, University is just like breeding ground for Patrick Bateman. Yeah, you just do heat on your entire book. I'm like, what? I'm sorry, it's true. It really is. No, there's definitely people who are like that, but like that's what freaked yeah. me out about it was like it, when you look at him when he's not like cracking, I guess is the way to say it. Like when he doesn't crack, he seems like a person that I could kind of hang out with and like maybe like a little bit. He's got good music taste. 
<laughs> for the time, for the time. <laughs> yeah. But even, like, I think the psychological aspect, too, is, like, I think that a lot of the times, at least from what, like, I've read and, like, experienced, it's always from, like, a woman's perspective, and it's usually the connection to, like, the male violence, usually, so, like, it's usually, it's always, like, that kind of trope of, like, it's the husband. <laughs> um, so I think that that's another thing, too, just because I think women, kind of, in general, are more fearful of things, like, walking alone at night and like kind of that more terrifying aspect of it which is I think part of the reason why it's from that perspective a lot. It's whack but it makes sense. So what do you guys define as psychological horror? Like you guys what is that? Something where it's not ghost and ghouly um it's not necessarily violent but it's the idea of things happening kind of off screen or like off page if you will that you don't see but it's implied and like it's like if I saw that it might traumatize me a little bit. The one thing that like like always gets me worried about psychological thriller or anything is that's like a representation of mental health issues because oftentimes they just like take it and just use it as a cop that like oh people with these serious issues who are like livable people who live with them every day um make them seem to be like outcasts of society um but like like i don't know i think it's like like psychological thriller can also be just a fun way to just look like just just explore and just like be scared like it's just it's, it's something that if you just want to experience you can experience so yeah i feel like nowadays like it's really not okay to like like yeah. specifically like say this is a guy with this mental disorder and that makes him into a crazy serial killer like you just can't say that yeah, yeah. well i feel like yeah. it's never really that they say anyways like it's not usually they don't usually say like oh man frank was schizophrenic or whatever and like that's why he did it it's usually kind of more just like he was crazy and like there's motive behind it because usually there's like a backstory in a way but at the same time too like it is a medium of art and like art is supposed to be escape um i think that most people hopefully could recognize that a lot of times they're not necessarily trying to point to a certain thing or trying to say oh all people who have this like have this illness are like this i think it's more just like the most extreme of it right yeah. and like most of the time like if you're willing to murder somebody you're a, you're a psychopath <laughs> yeah, what it is. yeah i'm not justifying murder please don't that's not what i'm doing <laughs> where it's harmful is like i know it's a very old i don't even know what, what how old the book is because the movie came out in like 59 but like psycho like this, yeah. this is a man with a dissociative identity disorder which is like it's treatable yeah. you can live with it but it, it, it's like oh anybody like that is going to be a, like a secret serial killer right so i think that's something you have to really walk the line with now like especially with all the focus on mental health and stuff like that yeah i think so but i also think like yeah like i think authors more today like they do that very well for example um I think if you look back to older things, yeah, like, there's definitely the implication that, like, these people are, like, psychotic, especially if you look at, like, um, if you look at horror, horror kind of books and movies from the past, they usually revolve around people in psychological hospitals who are, like, are usually the most, like, crazy of the crazy is the way that they portray it. I think we're doing better at that now, um, but, yeah, definitely in the past, there's been, like, issues of kind of where you place people and, like, how you describe them and that kind of thing. Yeah, Psycho is, like, a good example, though, like, totally, like, treatable condition it's just like that guy's also psychotic because he's willing to murder people like right if you're just crazy like it was i just couldn't do that part what was psycho yeah the mummification i just couldn't do that part like that was like that was when it was i know it's still like creepy to this day though even like okay best horror movie and book is the exorcist right Oh. Like, and that freaked me out the most. Like, that movie still scares me to this day. I can watch it over and over, and it's still, like, I know exactly what's going to happen, and it still makes me jump every time. It's a really good movie. I didn't know it's a, it seems like an, any good movie is based on a book. Like, you can just assume safely that it's probably a yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah authors say it first, guys, just so you know. <laughs> or, like, essentially, like, writers in, like, TV rooms, even though, like, scripts is just writing a different form of a book. So everything is just taken from something else. But can we talk about your like PG horror, Natanya? Because I love Coraline too, and I love Coraline even since when I was like yeah. a kid. And I remember growing yeah. up, and like I loved watching yes. it, and I still do to this day. But like yeah. one of my friends, for example, I remember one of my childhood friends, Angela. She would be like, "I don't want to watch this. Like this is creepy, and I hate this movie." Yeah. What part of it freaks you out? Like what part is for it 
for you is the horror aspect of it because like I've thought about this multiple times every time I watch it I think something different about what actually scares me yeah no I, I definitely like there are different aspects that scare me like just even like like the relationships with the parents and being like a kid and all that stuff um like I'm just trying to figure out like where like trying to be a kid with your parents or not saying you're going through like puberty and stuff that part just interesting is adds to it but like I think the part that scares me is just like like the idea that um for you to like get like what you like for you to get your ideal scenario of life where you have a mom who like showers you with gifts and sh- like everything you need to essentially give up like your soul. I don't like, I do, essentially, I just don't like things involving souls. Like, I, I, cause I, I, I genuinely believe, and you might think I'm crazy, but like, I genuinely believe like souls and reincarnation, all that shit exists. So like when, um, like they tried to just comment on anything to do with that, that's just terrifying for me. And I don't like the idea that someone like souls after Bible. That's just whack. Like that's a needle in your eye. Like your eye is so sensitive. That's just, no, hey, that's no different than when people get laser done in their eyes. We, we do it. But, but that's to help them see. But that's to help them see. This is to, like, pin it out. Like, I just, like, uh, I can't even touch my eyeball. I don't want, like, a person coming to sew it out. That's awful. Hey, very philosophical statement here, but maybe losing the eyes makes you more insightful. Whoa. No, I don't <laughs> maybe like that's what the mom's doing. I, I don't. It's okay. <laughs> I think the part that always scared me of her Coraline is the fact that there's this alternate world like literally right beside ours where it's like our parents are our parents and like our dog is our dog and like the fact that like there could be another you like if when I watched the movie Us like the Jordan Peele movie from like last year that's what I thought of I thought of Coraline because it's this ultimate world where like what if somebody like came through and like took my mom's place like took my dad that creeps me out more than anything like there's this alternate world kind of between us Maybe that we just don't know about, because how would we know? Ew, I don't like that. I don't know. I think there's, like, like I, 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 like, I like the idea of that there's another alternate world. Just because, like, I just think that's cool to see what alternate worlds and alternate versions of, like, people do and their choices do. Um, but, I don't know. It's just the eye Not thing Not if they're trying me. to murder like, you just, and take your eyes. Okay, well, like, yeah. Okay, cool. fair. But, like, what if there's, like, another alternate world where, like, everything is just happy and or like or like you're just sitting on a pile of money like like you know what i mean like if there's one who's to say there's not another so it's gonna make you feel right but Coraline Coraline is like it sorry go ahead <laughs> i mean if you knew there was another you that was sitting on a pile of money i mean i feel pretty bad about current me right now i'd be like really okay fair no, but like there's no, also whoa. the option of wait did you just okay well um i think that like <laughs> sorry, it just hit me what you said but i like then there's an option to steal because then honestly you're stealing from yourself so it's an option to take no i'll die on this hill i'm telling you like it, especially in Coraline, if we're gonna use the like the kind of idea of Coraline, who in Coraline's alternate world is better? The mom's not better. The dad's not better. The neighbors aren't better. It's nothing better. Everything's just worse there. But like, I think they're like that, that's the like they're trying to make everything better so that she like agrees to to like be food essentially. So. <laughs> No, it's worse. Everything's worse there. Everything's bad. I don't want to live there. It's this, like, false perspective, though. It's, like, if you, like, met, like, if you met, like, somebody who's so great, and, like, he's wonderful, and he's super charismatic, and then it's, like, oh, he's Ted Bundy, he's coming to murder you, like, but he made everything nice at first, at least. Yeah, I'm sensing a theme here with you in horror books. <laughs> you really don't Which like is what? Being lied to. <laughs> being afraid of, like, somebody, like, tricking you like that, and, like, you know, taking advantage yeah. of, you know, your you know, what you want or your conceptions. And then yeah, your intentions. Like, that's a really solid fear that a lot of people have. So I think that's what that's the reason a lot of horror stuff hones in on that. Damn, that was deep. Good job. Well, even like, <laughs> wow, like deep comments. <laughs> <laughs> but even like, I think about, because Coraline was so prominent for like some kids, I guess. Like some kids obviously wouldn't want to read it. And like, I think some parents would yeah. be like, my kid's not reading that. But like throwback to our childhood, because we're all around the same age. Do you guys remember Goosebumps? Because that was my introduction to horror. And love I love Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Goosebumps for shit. That's amazing. <laughs> this is just the best. This is the best one. What was the dummy called? The little uh, puppet guy. I think he was called Dummy, right? Oh, ew. 
He was this guy. No, I don't think so. I thought he had a name. Yeah, I don't remember what he was called. My favorite, there's a couple. I have, I love one because it's so goofy. Yeah, see, I'm like looking at the cover right now. If anybody wants to look up Night of the Living Dummy, uh, he's creepy. Even to my 20 year old self, it's like, ew, what is that? His name's Slappy. <laughs> that made my life better. <laughs> that made my day better knowing that. Um, my favorite though was, I think it, it was called like the mask, I think, just the mask. Oh, yeah. And it was this. It was this girl, um, and she, like, really wanted to be, like, the spookiest for Halloween, which is, like, I can relate. Um, and then she gets, like, this mask from, like, this weirdo or whatever, and then, like, she puts it on it, like, changes her voice, and it's, like, super creepy looking, and then she can't get it off. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like that. <laughs> or, like, the goop. Do you guys remember, like, the goop or whatever? Like, it was, like, that green goop or whatever, and it, like, covered the house and stuff, and it, like, ate people. That's what I remember. What was it? Specific book? It was like over a couple books, but it was like, it was an earlier book because it was like one of the first ones, at least that I read. And it was like this goop and it like ate people. And then it just like, as it ate, it got like more, like it got, oh, it was able to like expand and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Did you read like the series where they have like, they ended up making like this amusement park where all the Goosebumps monsters were in there. And there was like this Avengers. No, that sounds amazing though. <laughs> no, I've never seen that, but that sounds awesome. I want to go there. Yeah, those, like, that was my first introduction to horror, but, like, funny, like, I don't know, personally, just because, like, I'm not, obviously, a kid, but, like, I don't know if kids still have that, or, like, if do kids read Goosebumps nowadays? Kids read nowadays? You know, not to be a know. Summer, but yeah. do kids read nowadays? I don't know, they're playing that Among Us right now, so I don't know, that's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so that was your But, first no, like, that was my first introduction. Horror. Yeah, I think that was a lot of, like, at least our age, like, a lot of people's introduction, like, that was, like, it was the first kind of dose of horror that you actually got, where it was actually, like, a creepy character, and, like, you actually get to see it in some way, and, like, it's creepy enough to kind of keep you up a little bit at night, but, like, I still slept as a kid. Maybe there's something wrong with me, though. <laughs> it struck that nice balance where it, like, it creeped you out a little bit, and then you could go to sleep fine the next day, you know, you were fine. It didn't yeah, I could just be me, though. I could be wrong. <laughs> well, maybe it made me into the person I am today, which is somebody who loves horror and loves to be freaked out by stuff like that. And that's the other thing, too, is, like, horror is such an interesting medium because there's so many different ways to, like, experience it. And I think a lot of, like, your own personal experience plays into, like, a lot of horror as well. Like, if you're if you're a firm believer in ghosts and stuff like that, then, like, a movie or, like, a book about, like, a Ouija board, like, the Dando was talking about or, like, a creepy house like that's gonna be way more impactful on you whereas like if you're like if like bodily horror is like a really kind of common genre like think of like saw and stuff like that like if you're not into the body and like stuff like that like that's gonna really make you feel ill yeah body horror for sure is some of the stuff that gets me and like like the one i can think of it's a movie but like have you guys seen the fly with jeff goldblum where it's throughout this whole movie he like just a fly and it's the most just disgusting it's like is it a life-size fly or is it a regular fly uh, like a life-size human fly hybrid type thing it's disgusting but oh that's gross. Ew. That's gross. no i can't do that flies like have weird hexagon eyes they like look everywhere it's yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> My favorite, like, body horror is Hellraiser from, like, the 80s. Like, well, that's creepy. I it, but I, I think I read, like, a synopsis once. I'm like, this is some weird shit. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> anybody who's seen it or, like, if you've seen, like, a picture of, like, Hellraiser, which is, like, the guy, if, like, anybody's ever seen it. If you've ever seen a picture of, like, a dude, like, an all-white, like, an all-white head and, like, he's got pins sticking out of his head. His name's Pinhead you know they got really creative there um <laughs> that's what it is and like that that grosses me out than anything else like i ghost stuff doesn't bother me as much i think just because like i can play it off in my head it's like somebody's just like imagining things or whatever but like st like physical kind of violence that can happen in horror is way more impactful to me because like that's reality yeah that's like, what that can really happen me. or like people breaking in or like you know those type of stories that's what freaks me out the most because that could just legit happen yeah like oh there was like a book that I read I remember and it was like this girl who like she had sleep paralysis so like was it sleep paralysis I can't I might be wrong but it was like she couldn't sleep like she's just like she stayed up all night like she had insomnia that's what I'm trying to say she had insomnia um 
so she like couldn't sleep at night or whatever and like obviously like lives in the middle of nowhere and like super creepy or whatever and then like she just like most of the time she just like stays up at night but then this one night this guy decides to come and try to rob her house but he doesn't realize that like she would still be awake at the time so it becomes this like cat and mouse game between the two of them where like they're both trying to get to each other and it's like they don't know where they are and it's like every single chapter is like set in like a different room from like the girl's perspective so like it could be she's in the living room in this chapter and then the next chapter she's in the basement and then she's in her bedroom and like that actually sounds really dope. What is it called? That does sound really cool. I got to, I'll have to, I'll send out a Facebook message after. I can't remember what it was called, but I remember reading it. And it was based off of an Indigo recommendation from, like, a girl who was working there at the time. Like, a store I went to in London. And she, like, told me to read it, and she said it was so good. And I was like, I don't really know. Like, it didn't, didn't really sound, like, interesting to me. But, oh, my God, it stayed with me. Ugh. No, honestly, I'm a sucker for, like, those type of little gimmicks where it's, like, hey, every chapter is, like, a different room. Like, I love that type of stuff. Yeah. But, like, that, like, that stays with me, and I don't like that. (laughs) Even, like, um, Haunting of Hill House is, like, that's, like, I, so I've never read it, but, like, I know, like, they did the show on Netflix, and, like, hit the New York Times bestseller again. Like, does that freak you guys out? I mean, I've only seen the show, too, but, like, I didn't find it, like, super scary. Like, it was... It just seemed like a I didn't either, but it might be due to, like, the fact that, like, it's so old. <laughs> like, it's an old book. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, like, I feel like people were a lot more easily scared back then. Like, we're just so used to it at this point. That's true. That's true, yeah. But, like, yeah. even then, like, if you think of, like, what's the most kind of innovative idea of horror that you guys have seen recently? Like, something that's completely different from, like, the typical, like, old boo kind uh, <laughs> of story. Hmm. What's different now? I feel like it's so hard to do something different. Yeah. I think to be different, I, you have to mix it with a different genre. Like, you have to do something really different. Like, yeah. I think that, like, I would say, like, I Bird guess, Box, like, though. Like, Bird Box was so innovative in terms of, like, the idea of it. Like, I hadn't seen or, like, read anything like that where, like, it's the idea that, like, they hunt you that way and it's, like, that's how, like, you'll, they'll kill you. Like, that was such an innovative idea. And, like, it also plays on the fear of, like, not having your senses because like imagine like not being able to like see anything mm-hmm. like imagine just yeah. blindness and like you hear you can hear it coming towards you and it's like you don't know where it's coming from because sounds echo and like ugh. <laughs> but i think that's something really common now is like play off of like like i've seen a horror movie where it was like the guy was deaf so he couldn't hear what was going on but like he could see the people like in his house because like they broke into this dude's house and like oh, like, oh he's deaf like it's gonna be so easy like, yeah. like imagine that like one where what's the there's a quiet place where you like you can't speak and there's hush where the woman was deaf and somebody was breaking into her house like there's a lot of stuff like that nowadays i think yeah yeah what do you think makes the scariest like setting for horror like does it need to be in the middle of nowhere (laughs) in like a creepy abandoned home i think it needs to be somewhere familiar like somewhere where you really but like you have to rethink it when you're there like you know like a house is really common but like i don't know like a school or like a little town like a one you might live in or something like that like something very ordinary and if you make that scary then you've done a good job what about you natania uh, i don't know i feel like just i don't like the woods in general so like if if you put something in the woods then i feel like that's just a good place i just don't like the idea that if you scream no one can hear you and i feel like if you're in a city or if you're like in a suburban town even like a small town if you scream someone would probably hear you i don't know if they'll listen but they'll hear you so i don't know i love small town somebody would hear you and come and help you oh yeah <laughs> um, exactly. but no i totally agree i was thinking like forest like if i think about the things that will always freak me out yeah. the most it's the idea of being like in the middle of nowhere where no one's around there's i think like science fact here not a science person but like i'm pretty sure trees make the sound like vibrate and like expand out more it's like not necessarily everybody hears you um and then also but like also the threat of like nature too like if you're in like a forest where like if there's like some kind of like a bear could come and kill you too on top of like somebody else trying to get you i don't like that combination can't do animals either animals especially the big ones man i don't understand why we're like on top of the human race like humans i just don't get it there's some even be mad hungry but that's why they're killing you right they're not even like yeah. They just want to eat you. What about Cujo? Excuse me. What That's about Cujo? Terrible, more terrifying. I couldn't like it. Actually, I haven't read Cujo. Is Cujo like a mean dog? Is he trying to kill you just for just for the sake of Cujo's killing? a demonic dog. Oh. Cujo's, a, Cujo's like 
and that's why I hate that like I hate it because I love dogs and I think dogs are being so precious and being like the best things ever and like if dogs are dick it's it's their owner's fault not the dog's fault because you can train the dog to entice um but like no Cujo is a demonic dog who will murder you and it's not a small dog it's like a dog that could get on me and like kill me you know what's another like I don't know if this counts strictly as a book but Another way to do horror, like, in a literary sense, is, like, graphic novels or comic books. I don't know if you guys have ever read any, any horror. Um, I don't know, the only graphic stuff I read of horror was, like, The Walking Dead. But then, like, that didn't invoke, like, I wasn't scared after reading them. It was just, like, I was more invested in the story of the people, even yeah. though it was happening in the um, zombie. I couldn't read Walking Dead because I think of the show and then I think about, like, the meme of, the dad yelling, cow! <laughs> so I just couldn't watch him read it. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like, cow! <laughs> um, no, I think, um, I haven't read a lot of graphic novels either, um, but I think about the killing joke, uh, Joker, killing joke, was the same dude who did Watchmen, and I read Watchmen, Watchmen's not really, like, horror-esque, um, but, like, that was really freaky, because it's probably one of the best renditions of Joker that I've ever seen, um, but even from, like, a, a real life, um, rooted in reality, horror is, it's a graphic novel called Mouse, that is M-A-U-S, um, and it's this illustrator who told the story of his grandfather's internment, uh, as a Jewish person in the Nazi camps in Germany, and the way that they do it, though, is the Nazis are cats, and the Jewish people are mouses, so it's really, like, a, like, a literal cat and mouse game. And then I think the Polish people in the book are dogs, too. So still as much of a threat. Um, and I think that that was horrific, too. But they did it in this way where, like, it completely switched the script on, like, what you would expect of something like that. Like, doing it with, like, cats and mouses. Like, such an interesting idea of how to portray this real-life atrocity that happened. So it's kind of like a like an animal farm type deal where they just kind of, like, simple, simplify it down to, like, this animal sort of allegory. Like, I feel like there's, that's such a, like, you have to do that well. Like, otherwise, it's kind of, like, disrespectful, like, you have to- Well, yeah, like, even the connotations of, like, what it means to be a cat and what it means to be a mouse, right? Like, it could be portrayed as, like, they're weak and, like, whatever, and, like, they're small and, like, the cats are vicious and that kind of thing. Um, It is very, very similar to Animal Farm, but the one thing I will say is while Animal Farm was just implying, like, kind of the USSR and, like, how much Stalin kind of sucked, it wasn't, like, really what was, like, it wasn't something like that where it was like this thing that is just so horrific mm-hmm. and done in a way where like it was it's the most unique kind of telling of the story like that that I've ever seen like it's completely different from if you if you watch Schindler's List or if you read a memoir about something like that like seeing it done in that way stuck with me so much and it just really like showed in a way that like they really were kind of like they really were kind of like Moses because what were they supposed to do like they, nobody was going to come and help them yeah, it's I, so soul crushing. I'm gonna cry right now. I would call it horror, honestly. Like I, I read a memoir about uh, a man who was in one of the concentration camps in World War II, and that was some of the scariest things I've ever read. Like, I would definitely yeah. call it horror. The truest horror comes from our ourselves, not even from our minds, but from the actions of us as people, right? I remember in high school, um, for my psychology class, my psychology teacher was the best. And he did an assignment where he gave us, like, a bunch of books, and we had to read them and, like, do, a, like, an analysis of them and stuff like that. So, like, it was really interesting. And, like, it is in that way, too, of, like, not necessarily, like, he, he didn't want us to diagnose them, right? Like, so one of the books that we did was Gone Girl, for example. Like, don't diagnose her with what you think she has. Like, don't say she has munchausen. and, like, just do an analysis of the character. And there was this one that was called Zombie, and it was inspired by Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, anybody who wants to do their own research on that, do that at your own discretion. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about what he did, um, but like mass murderer, basically, like a terrible, terrible person. And it's this guy who like very, it's like from the perspective of, we'll say like this Jeffrey Dahmer-esque person who's trying to take a person and turn them into like his own personal like zombie. And like when you realize that it's rooted in like that reality of like what this person actually did and like you feel like you're following through on like the same path, like <laughs> I don't like that. Like even there's another really good book, like really popular kind of like horror-esque book called The Girl Next Door. It's based off of this girl from the States. I can't remember what her name is, I'm so sorry. 
Um, but like basically her parents were like traveling for work or something. So they like gave her up to this family to be like, hey, can you like, like look after her? We'll send you money or whatever. But then like the mom that they gave their daughter over to was like really abusive and the girl ended up like dying. And like the fact that when you know that like this is a basically almost like a retelling or like a reinterpretation of what this real life person or people did makes it all like all the worst because then you can really kind of visualize like who that person was and like what they were doing and like uh yeah I think that's why a lot of horror stuff like tries to hit you with the based on a true story because like that just it just adds another level where it's like okay this isn't just like it's a- not grief with stuff like that because not necessarily it's always big it, like it could be the smallest detail like i was in my home and somebody knocked on the door and that's what's inspired this true life event <laughs> like okay thanks like, no, bad. I don't like when they do that because I don't trust, like, movies nowadays when they say, like, based on a true story. And then it's like, no, the story was this pizza guy knocked on my door. I mean, I like, point, like, they don't even expect you to really believe it. It's just a thing they put at the start. Add that extra, yeah, yeah. this is real scary. I think for naive people, yeah. Like, if you're naive enough, like, some people probably do still believe it. I'm sure when I was younger, I believed it. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this really happened. Insidious is real. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But even stuff like that, like Amityville Horror is real. Like that, somebody really murdered a family. Like now I know that it's like, obviously top of, like, I don't know if it's like really real what happened, but like somebody died in that house. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to read about it. Like it creeps, like it creeps me out. And I think just like knowing stuff like that and then being able to like put a name, it, like put a face to a name and a story and knowing like this is exactly what that person did. It makes it all the worse. Cause then it's just like, wow, like, we really are monsters as people. Yeah, and it's really different from reading like a news article about some sort of murder happened. It seems so far away, but when you read a story and it gets you into it and it goes into all the little details and how people were feeling and how scared they were, like that's that's really what gets you. And then brings it all back home, makes you real scared. Well, it's like that mix of like facts versus fiction, right? Like if it's a newspaper article, it's just straight facts. There's no like goofing around about like what it is. Whereas, like, fiction, you can be as creative as you want about, like, what happened or, like, what people are doing and, like, that makes it all the more worse, right? Because you can be as creative as you want to be and people have some really interesting thoughts. I always think if I wrote, like, a horror book and, like, I made it, like, as scary as possible for, like, myself, somebody might, like, call the cops on me and be, like, this person's psychotic. (laughs) This person needs help. (laughs) I mean, honestly, a lot of authors, like, they have to be a little off, a little disturbed to think of the things yes. they think of. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, even, not horror, but still really scary. Um, if any, do you guys know who the Marquis de Sade is? Yes. Okay, so, fun fact for all the kids out there. Um, the word sadism comes from Marquis de Sade. So it should just, like, set the foundation of, like, what kind of person he was. <laughs> um, not necessarily, like, wasn't a murderer or anything. Not, like, anything like that. He was, like, a like a philosopher and, like, an essayist and, like, a thinker and, like, whatever you want to call him. He didn't, like, commit any atrocities that we know of. <laughs> no way he did it. <laughs> no way he did it. <laughs> so we don't know. Just to be fair. Um, and part of the reason that we can talk about this is because um, I like one of my professors did her dissertation on this like we've talked about it a lot I've done research on this um, he wrote a book that was like we'll call it his magnum opus which I don't know what this says about him as a person and it was called 120 days of Solo or 120 days of Sodom um, and it's this four it's these four Italian I think I want to say Italian but it could be mixing up like the movie because they did the movie of it which that says a lot about that director too but it's these four people who basically they lock themselves in a castle or like a compound with like their daughters and their sons and like some slaves and like stuff like that and then it's just like this cesspool of like violence and sexual assault and like a lot of stuff and when you read the book he's really trying to tell you what he thinks about like people like supposed to be kind of philosophical in a way and so it, when you go and reading it like that it's like what is wrong with this person um if you want to read it choose to do so at your own discretion um I don't really recommend it to anybody because I read it and it's like terrifying and horrible and just like ew um but yeah if you want to read about literally the worst crimes you can commit against humanity pick up the book 
<laughs> I heard about it, so I decided to read the, the Wikipedia article, and I was like, oh, that's enough for me. I'm, I'm good. I'm satisfied with yeah. this. Yeah. Well, then even, like, the director who did the movie in the 60s, 70s, let's go like that, he was murdered before the movie came out. And it became this huge thing of, like, people don't know what, how or why he got murdered, but then this movie came out, and everyone was like, oh, fuck, yeah, he should be murdered. <laughs> These guys are crazy. Yeah, dude, the 60s like, is the only time you could get away with making a movie like that. Like, you just cannot do that anymore. Well, that's the thing, right? Because, um, so I have a friend who, he's, like, in school for, like, film studies and stuff. I'm, like, he's a filmmaker, if you will. Um, and we talk about stuff like that all the time because there is like a subgenre of horror like called like extreme like or like extremist movies where like you show everything and like it's like no holds bar it's like whatever you want and like that's like a category that like some people are genuinely drawn to like i i'm in a class with a guy who he talks about stuff like that all the time and like i know what he's talking about <laughs> like i don't know what to think about you because you like those movies but like that's fine whatever do your own thing but yeah, like in these movies where it's like no holds bar, do whatever you want. It's like no, all bets are off. So you just show like the most you show, right? Like, and that's the important thing is you show, you know, you really show, don't tell. They're showing you everything that happens and like it's the worst things that can happen to people. And it's just so like terrible. And I think that that's part of the reason why those things are very not mainstream, right? Because if it was a mainstream movie, um, even if it was like a move, like a director chooses to ad adapt this book, it becomes this thing of, well, why did you put this in when this has been such a controversial issue this whole time? Like kind of circling back to it, um, a really important part of it <laughs> um, is the kids, once they defeat it as children, they do like a blood, like a blood price or whatever. But one of the things that they don't do in the movie, obviously, because this would be a really big problem because they're children, is they have an orgy of like all the people, like all the kids, right? And like obviously you didn't put that in because like that's a really big problem, right? Absolutely, <sighs> yeah. Like imagine just that was in there, like how people would boycott the movie. Yeah, that, that movie yeah. would be much more 13 than PG. I don't know if it's <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like stuff like that, right? And like. It is such an interesting thing because, like, I'm thinking of it from, like, my friend's perspective of, like, being a film person, of choosing when you sh choose to show stuff like that, like, things happen. Like, he's saying, like, there's directors who have been indicted on, like, literal criminal charges because they think that you've murdered people because they don't know the difference. I think I've heard of, like, stuff like yeah. authors, like, having way too much knowledge about, there was this guy, like, this serial killer who wrote about his own crimes and that's how the police caught him like he just had details that there was no way anybody could know. I know who you're talking about I know who it is so I even know what the book is <laughs> it was called Amok um it was a Polish guy he had murdered this man and it was like the murder went unsolved and then this book came out and it was called Amok and it wasn't super popular or anything it wasn't like oh my god this book came out and it was so incredible but it like had details about this killing that were very similar to this unsolved murder and like had details in it that like only the murderer would know and then it just like bam and then the book obviously became like a huge bestseller because everybody was like oh my god i want to read this just i mean it's crazy like your favorite book could be based on somebody's own uh, own little killing experience you never know well, that book i think just says that that guy was not a very good killer <laughs> he didn't do a good job oh even thinking like now um i read the first book because it's like a series, but I think everybody knows the movie Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, terrifying. And like the book is very similar. It's just like you can be. I think that's another reason too why books are so much more scarier than like horror movies in terms of like horror books because nobody's kind of monitoring books the way that we monitor movies, right? Like, there's no rate age or like rating system on a book, right? So you can write and be as descriptive and as graphic as you want. And like, nobody's really monitoring it, right? Because once it gets published, it gets out there. Mm, yeah. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Also this element of like, in a movie, you're sort of like a lot more passive. You're watching it happen. In a book, like you have to flip the page. So if you don't want to read it because you're scared, you have to do it yourself. And you know. And if it's from that like first person perspective and like you put yourself in that like role of being that person because I know some people do that when they, I'm not I'm not like that person when I read but I know some people like immerse themselves into like the first person perspective so it just makes it like all the worse it's like 
like it's like choose your own adventure but like you're not going to choose your own adventure you're going to have to just follow this one straight path this linear path so what are you guys going to watch for halloween <laughs> there's spooky pics this year <laughs> i feel like it's been so long since i've seen it i don't remember anything i watched it when i was a kid and there was like a little controversy about it like there was like some nudity or whatever so i, I didn't get to see it and i watched it very late like it wasn't even the scariness that was controversial i remember at the point it was just like too mature for kids or something which I found really interesting because I thought like the scariness should have been the part that sort of got people angry, but I don't know. You can show uh, a Coraline. There's like one what thing too is like Coraline. Oh, Coraline. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm too. Well, that's the thing too, right? Is like I don't know why, but like even me as a kid, for example, like if I saw a horror trailer on TV, I was way more interested in like I wanted to see that and like I want to like like I remember the first time I watched my first horror movie, I was so psyched and it was it was a uh, no, it was Insidious, yeah, when I was, like, 13, and, like, not really, like, a scary movie, per se, it's just, like, the visual medium of, like, whatever that thing is, it's, like, dude, it's gross, but, yeah, like, when I read or consume any medium of horror, even, like, it's, like, a horror video game, which is, like, my personal kind of favorite way to experience horror, because it's so interactive, um, I like to sit in a dark room <laughs> at midnight by myself, <laughs> fully enthralled in it but i don't i don't understand watching a horror movie in theaters like i don't i don't get how you could be scared like in a room with 50 other people like i think horror is a very solo experience or when people like gasp like or like i always love though i love when people jump in the theater <laughs> if you feel somebody like jump in front of you one of my favorite things but no it's the other part is like in a theater it's i hate sorry for people who are like this or even if it's you too I don't like people who like give commentary when I'm watching a movie in theaters. Like I don't want the person to gasp or be like, how did he do that? Or, like whatever. And it's like, dude. <laughs> I like that part of a movie because then it's like a collective watching experience. And it's just, it, it just makes it more enjoyable. Like that's what I really I didn't choose to watch the movie with you. I came to watch it by myself. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> There's a line to walk. Like you can laugh at the jokes, but don't like, read the subtitles out for everyone else in the theater like we can read buddy like come on or if it's like oh, i knew it was him like i've seen that happen where it was like this person was like i knew it was him and it's like okay <laughs> like i get it i thought it was him too i didn't say anything <laughs> i would say that the worst i remember like when i was once in a movie theater and this like couple was kissing and it wasn't even like an awful kiss but this like five-year-old child was like ew no out loud the, at the top of their lungs and we all burst out laughing so that's, that's cute i i would allow that and i wouldn't be angry at that, that. exactly that, that see that would have just added to it but yeah we're going off topic here but like one of my best friends like she's a huge like movie person but she always says like if we go to the theater together she will not get food and she's like don't get food because when this artist made this movie they didn't intend for you to be munching on popcorn when you were watching it they wanted you to listen and pay attention that's a very film student way of thinking yeah. not even a film student in my program <laughs> it's like no i, I hey listen i understand because sometimes you don't hear what happened when you're like munching on your popcorn or whatever i get it but if I'm going to the movie theater, you best believe I'm getting some popcorn and some Twizzlers. Because Twizzlers help you get like corn, the kernels out of your out of your teeth. Life hack for you. Oh, is that right? Wow. Learn something new every yeah, day. Yeah, if you ever get like a kernel stuck, just chew on like Twizzlers, it'll help get it out. Oh, wow. Oh. Some Twizzlers that also get stuck in your teeth. And no. Then it's just, like, no, it gets the corn. It gets the like, what do I want to call that? Like the giblet of the corn kernel? or whatever. That, the kernel, thank you. Yeah, it helps get it out. There, there you go. You're done. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you had to give one horror recommendation to each other or to anybody listening, everybody pick one. A book or any medium of horror? Let's stick with books just just because of, you know, stay on topic. Natanya, you go first. <laughs> I feel like everyone knows my answer, Coraline, because that's the one main book I've read and the only contribution I have. But yeah. <laughs> Nabil, what about you? Um, I would definitely... Tell people to try out H.P. Lovecraft. I think it's a very interesting type of horror. It's very different and very influential. I think if you're interested in horror, it's kind of interesting to see where all these ideas come from. And also, I'm, I'm gonna double dip here. If you wanna do some, if you wanna read like comic books, 
there's a Japanese artist named Junji Ito who makes really, oh, wow. really scary, like horror. I'm gonna call them comics. I'm gonna piss somebody off, but they're, they're comics, whatever. So, yeah, that, that's manga. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I have a How professor who she's really into Japanese culture. <laughs> the only reason I know. Um, it's a hard question. I don't want to recommend Stephen King, even though he's a he's a tremendous writer, and I would highly recommend. Okay, to not do a Stephen King book because I feel like that's very cliche. Try a novella. Um, so like collection of short short stories, short, snappy, different ideas. I love kind of horror anthologies in particular because I think that you can do a lot and so little and then sometimes it's like expand on that tell me more um so for example one of my favorite ones is 1922 i know that they made it into a netflix movie but the short story is way better so if you can't get that anthology do that uh horror books i would do the watch factory because it is so interesting so many twists and turns like nothing i'd have ever read before um and if you're into, I don't know, you want to be in the, on a remote island in, like, the UK, new setting. <laughs> it's so hard to tell. Like, hey, if anybody's, like, curious about it, like, try to look it up and, like, read the synopsis. Because I, if I try to tell you about it, it's just going to spoil it. But The Lost Factory. So good. So unique. Like, nothing I've ever read before. All right. Awesome. Now I'm going to go crawl in bed and turn off the lights and just quiver so. in fear. <laughs> Well, awesome. Right. Cool. Yeah, that was a great discussion, guys. Cool. Yeah, dope. Oh, happy, happy Halloween. Yeah.